Hey there, and welcome back to Real Estate Renovators, the show that's designed to help real estate agents navigate through the proverbial shitstorm and get out the other side. My name's Jason Cunningham, and I'm pretty pumped to have you guys back on board with us. Today, as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Chanel, the number one recruiter in this country. How are you, Chanel? I'm well, Jace. Yourself? Going okay for good, a young good. boy? Good, Very good to hear. Pistol Pete, our virtual guru in the sky. How are you, Pete? Hey, team. Good, thanks, Jace. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good, pal. And finally, yeah. our Persian princess, the <laughs> legal eagle, Big Rexy. How are you, Rex? Fabulous, mate. Yourself? Going okay. I'm looking forward to today's episode. Today's episode, we've got a special guest with us, Daniel Diasisi from Noel Jones in Manningham. Daniel was an independent agent for 20 plus years, I believe, and has moved on to join a franchise group. And from there, he's got great opportunities and he's been an auctioneer on the block as well. And we want to talk to him about the transition from being an independent to a franchise group and the benefits of that as well. So Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rex. Great to see you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And you, Jace, nice yeah. to see you today. Yeah, thank you. I'm feeling a bit fresher than last time I saw you, obviously. Then, well, first <laughs> question I've got, and I know it's on the tips. Tips. T-I-P-S, <laughs> tips. Of everyone's lips. How does this show compare to the block? <laughs> obviously, the cast aren't quite as good. But yeah. Yeah, on the block, I mean. Correct. Yes. So, no, Dan, as Rex mentioned, you took a big leap of faith. You are an independent brand. That we were, 20 um, odd years, yeah. And then you decided to join a franchise-ish type group. Yeah, I, I consider ourselves a bit of a hybrid model, to be honest. Yeah. yeah what, so, what, what made you make that decision? Uh, truth be told, it wasn't even on on, uh, on the radar, but we were approached by, well, we won't name brands, but we'll say one of the red brands that uh, used to exist in Victoria pretty predominantly. And uh, it made me... Red. 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 They, went green, they went green but, recently. Yeah. Uh, oh, New just... South Wales might have been, been involved in that, but we'll move right along from there. Okay. Um, and I guess it opened my eyes to looking into it a little bit deeper. And, um, you know, having been an independent for 22 years, you sort of think to yourself, is that that big green curtain that's going to be pulled back from the franchise group? And all of a sudden, these wonderful processes, systems, training, and all of that sexy stuff, is that all going to be there for you? Or um, am I doing it okay by myself? So yeah, bit of research and a bit of digging and decided to run with the Noel Jones Group, which was, a, I consider, I don't look at us as a franchise. We're a boutique group of officers owned and operated by its members of the franchise rather than a corporate office per se. I, I can see your passion there, Dan. And I've got to also say, I don't mind his sort of animation. There's a bit going on there for Dan. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm he may have taken that from the block and brought it to our show. Well, I'm not really sure. But Dan, I'll tell you right now, I'm enjoying it. But no, seriously, how do you... What goes through your mind, I mean, 20 years under your own brand, yep. and then to take that leap of faith, what happened? There must have been something that happened to make you yeah. make that decision. Look, truth be told, I guess there was always uh, challenges in recruiting, being an independent brand. Um, and uh, obviously, Yashanel knows better than most about that. Yeah. Um, in, in addition to that, I think uh, what really triggered the thought process was I'll use, uh, I guess, our friend Rexy loves the uh, American basketball. You know, you can play one-on-one -on -one and win every game, or you can join a team and actually win, I guess, the grand final. Um, so I guess I looked at it as we didn't want to be a number on a pecking order, you know, number 127 of the franchise group. Yeah. Um, wanted to remain a little bit independent, have our own influence. But uh, if you can, I guess, bring together the, um, the knowledge base, because as we know, if we're not training ourselves and keeping, you know, keeping ourselves learning, yeah. bring together the knowledge base of a broader group, it sort of uh, help push us into the uh, next level. It's what a bit, oh, sorry, Rex. Sorry. Please. No, no. I, I was actually also gonna talk as well. Oh, so everyone's oh. gonna fucking speak at the <laughs> so same time. So, <laughs> so I've got my yeah. back to you. Uh -uh. 
What yes. I was going to ask was, mm. sorry, boys, ladies Please. first. So Always. what I was going to ask was, so you mentioned that you wanted to join, you know, the Noel Jones group because you mentioned, you know, recruiting and, and retaining talent or attracting talent is That's a lot right. more attractive when it's a franchise group. How has that been since transitioning? What have you found the changes or the benefits of joining a franchise group and yeah. then attracting talent to your business? Well, I guess, um, uh, you know, this day and age, everybody's looking for a career path. They're not looking for a job. Yeah. Um, and as an independent that was effectively an abbreviation of my surname, if we bring somebody on that, you know, is very talented and uh, in their own right, a great agent, um, you could sort of, they look to themselves and say, well, I'm only ever going to play second fiddle to the guy that sits in the uh, office with the surname on the front door mm. uh, versus, uh, you know, a network of eight or nine offices that we are at the moment where we, you know, branch out. We've recently done this with one of our, um, our recent suburbs offices, had a great sales team, popped them into a new satellite office further out in the east and given them a career opportunity. So it's certainly mm. assisted, absolutely. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, Dan, one of the big things about joining a franchise group, I assume, is the opportunity to collaborate and achieve synergy. Absolutely. And, and you know, with synergy, if you get synergy right, uh, supposedly the whole becomes greater than the sum of the parts. And that all sounds great and rosy, Chanel, but sometimes it doesn't always go to plan. Can you tell me, is, is there some conflict that exists amongst the group? Uh, if I'm being truthful and honest, I'd say honestly now, no. There has been, mm. um, you know, there's always teething problems. Estate agents are pretty self-centered uh, people a lot of the time. Mm. So we all have our big ego mm. and uh, all want to have our voices heard. Um, but I feel that we've ironed those bugs out yeah. and we've really got a close network, good, good group of people that have a common goal mm. and want to work together and assist each other. Because your group's a bit different. It's not necessarily a franchise per no. se. It's more of a co-op, Rex. And it is. I mean, I know you've been involved with the establishment of the new structure within the organization. Can you share with us the difference between the co-op versus the franchise model? Um, if you don't mind speaking openly, um, the difference between their franchise as opposed to other franchises is that all the franchisees own an interest in the franchisor. By having that, every single franchisee has an, not just an interest in it, mm. but their equity holders in it and have a say in what happens in the franchisor mm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, which is really helpful. And Dan, does that sometimes cause conflict? I mean, if you're wearing two hats, one being the hat of the uh, individual franchisee, say you've got, you're in Doncaster. That's right, yep. So you've got the Doncaster hat on, but also you wear the same hat or a different hat, should I say, when you're running corporate. Can you, are there challenges there? Look, naturally there are challenges, a bit of a learning curve, of course, but um, you know, we set up an established a board that the other franchisees entrusted myself and a couple of others, including uh, Mr. Cunningham sitting to my right, that, sits on our board of directors now. Um, Non-executive non director, yeah, I so know. have no responsibility so, whatsoever. But does keep us accountable. Um, <laughs> so I guess just having that synergy within the group as you touched on earlier, mm. means that um, they've, the, the broader group have entrusted the four of us to move the, move the brand forward in a direction that we would, we'd all like to see it go, mm -hmm. while taking on the input of the broader group. Yeah. Um, so I think it's working quite well in the last sort of 24 months or so. Guys, got a quick question. Daniel, when going from non-franchise to franchise, like if, if you were to talk to someone going through that process, what were the three main things that you were looking for for that change? Why did you change? Fair question. Um, I guess for myself, it was thinking about having a broader reach. Um, I mean, this day and age, real estate's constantly evolving. Um, naturally, we can't all play full forward, full back and ruck. So having that uh, network around me enabled me to service our clients to a greater level. 
Um, you know, we work both through the residential market and commercial and industrial markets. So we find ourselves with clients with broader, um, I guess, requirements and being able to pull in the skill sets, the knowledge base from other directors and being able to yeah. service those was probably the primary factor. That was the, yeah. real, the real number one reason. Daniel, the explanation of your group is very, very different to what I hear in the general franchise group. And I'd probably challenge that franchise is almost the wrong word for it. I agree, yeah. I, I like to call ourselves a bit of a hybrid model. Um, yeah. And I think while directors have a, an invested interest in the actual corporate, uh, the corporate entity itself, it, um, it enables us to all work for that common goal. We're not sort of worried about our little territory here or there or whether we're going to cross a boundary because that side of the road belongs to that office. We are working as a unified group of officers mm -hmm. and uh, find ourselves, you know, pulling the best person for the job to accommodate that particular client mm -hmm. and uh, getting past all of those red tape issues that in my limited experience and exposure to some other franchise groups perhaps exist a little bit more, uh, more strongly. You know what I find intriguing, Dan? What's that like? Is that if I was to start up a real estate business, like just from scratch, I would be attracted to the franchise model because I, you know, they've got the systems, the processes, things are set up. But they've but, also got the branding. And they've got the branding as well. People know their name. Yeah, but Dan in business for 20 years and then makes the jump, I, I find that intriguing. Yeah, fair call. Um, I had, believe you, many, many sleepless nights thinking yeah. about whether or not to, uh, you know, give up 22 years of a brand you've built. Um, and I hope reasonably successfully, paid the bills, there's a mm. bit left over for the odd holiday you know, hopefully 11 months of the year, but not, <laughs> not quite there yet. Um, Your name's not Rex, mate. No, yeah, this is true. Yeah, yeah. So Rex works a good, honest three hours a week. <laughs> I think um, as an independent, and I'm sure many independents out there would know this, how this feels, the buck stops with you each and every time. Yeah. Um, there is nobody else to rely upon. I know now, having you know, travelled a bit over the years, yeah. um, in recent years, going overseas, even last year for a few months to get married, yeah. I could call on my fellow directors to pop in, help my staff. Mm. My sales staff were jumping into their sales meetings. Um, we had our PMs supported by other officers. Mm. And I could leave with a bit of peace of mind. Sure, you're still on your emails on your phone, of course, because mm. when you're in real estate, you live it, breathe it, and own it. But mm. you find that you could call on your, your colleagues and have that reliance and hopefully be able to offer them the same in return. Chanel, tell me from your experience. Sorry, mm. Big Ben. I've mm. just cut you off twice. What's up? And it, this is your apartment. or. Penthouse. Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, do you mind if I just ask Chanel Please a do. question? Please. Chanel, in your experience, do you find it easier to attract talent to a franchise group or independent office, or does it not really matter? 100% a franchise group. Um, to be, com I'll be completely transparent here. We actually don't recruit for independents purely because they rarely have the cash flow available to be able to pay recruiters. So we. Uh, wow, well, also, this sounds like a very much a pitch for your business. There. <laughs> it's uh, not a pitch so business. we don't recruit for independence, and we're really no, fucking expensive. No, it's not that we don't. It's just that it doesn't really come up typically, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, the, the industry that re the real estate recruitment industry, we are incredibly candidate short and client heavy. So we need to be selective with our clients, and we need to provide our candidates the best possible opportunity to succeed. So if I have an independent and then say a Noel Jones, the candidate will of course be drawn to the franchise mm. group. And when I'm pitching that business to a candidate, there's so many benefits of it. And it tends to be a lot surrounding career progression and growth mm. um, over independence where it might be, you know, there's a director that runs that, it's their business and mm. you're just sort of a number in that business. Mm. So unfortunately it does always tend to be that the franchise groups will mm. always win if there's a case of a candidate interviewing with multiple agencies. Mm. 
Can I ask a question about um, the transition of clients and landlords, vendors, etc. Going from an independent to a franchise, how did you find that? What was uh, the... Sleepless nights. Uh, <laughs> um, in short, look, we, we certainly made sure that uh, because we, we did build effectively a family business, if you like. Mm. So we certainly made sure that our client base understood that although the colour on the door was changing, um, the service and I guess that personal connection that we try and achieve with our clients wasn't going to change under any circumstances, right down to the point mm. where we had an open day when we rebranded. And I think we had somewhere in the vicinity of about six or 700 clients walk through the office in one day. Wow. We fed them a lot of booze, yeah. so they, kept, they were happy. Yeah. Um, and just made sure that they realised that the same core structure of the people behind yeah. the, uh, the office hadn't changed at all. And I guess, Dan, you probably had to sell to them like the benefit of why you left you know, Assisi Real Estate to Noel Jones. There must have been some added benefit, not for you per se, but more for the customer. I thought you meant for my bank balance. Sorry, because <laughs> no, it hasn't benefited. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, look, absolutely. We, you know, obviously we tried to encourage them to understand that by having a broader network, I mean, just like I can refer to something that happened this morning. Um, you know, one of our Baldwin boys happened to be working with a client for a property that we were trying to market and sell out in Doncaster. I've received an SMS this morning, offer's been signed, I'm sitting here. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that mm -hmm. if I was an independent. Yeah. So. What about other opportunities? Has a, I know you've been an auction on the block before. Would yeah. that have happened if you were independent, you think? Probably not. I don't know why it did happen, truth be told, but mm -hmm. no. Um, I, I guess... can tell you why. That, your voice is outstanding. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I could listen to that all afternoon. Oh, not many people could, mate. So no, I no, I, I, I'm actually really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, look, with the block, I um, we sort of fell into the position, I guess. Um, had, a, had a call up and one thing led to another, a bit of an interview process, etc. Um, and even with that, if I was an independent, just to give you an idea, and unfortunately this year with COVID, of course, uh, there weren't the tens of thousands of people out in the street, uh, those um, very enthusiastic fans that <laughs> wanted to go through the homes. Um, so it wasn't done this year, but yeah. I think we operated from, on that open day, we operated from about 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. And we had about 55, 60 staff rotate through the day um, because you had to have people in every room, et cetera. As an independent, it would have been impossible yeah, for where me do you to get service that. Yeah. Where do I get those people? Yeah, yeah, um, good point. And I guess having been a, uh, a part of a network that was respected probably gave me a better opportunity or at least a look at when it came to uh, being chosen to conduct one of the auctions in 2017. Now, Dan, you and I have known each other for a while. Um, one of the questions I want to ask you is, um, you know, you took over, your father started your business and, you know, all of us boys, including you, no, no but for a lot of guys, one of the things that we look up to or what we try to achieve is to get the approval from our dad, you know? Uh, and I'm, without getting too deep, and I know Pete's already starting to weep there, so just to wipe that away, big boy. Um, no, no, but that's obviously, was that a big challenge for you to like step into your father's footsteps? And I know there's a lot of people in the industry that do that. How did you combat that sort of challenge? Well, I guess, um, to be honest, the I, I just knew as a 10, 12 year old running around putting up my old man's open boards and auctions and standing back and watching people paying attention while I was doing an auction, just made my decision cemented about 10. Yeah. Um, then obviously he'd, he'd actually semi-retired before I got in mm -hmm. um, and sort of, I guess, probably re-engaged to give me an opportunity, truth be told. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, you know, working with your father for 20 years, mm. he hasn't been working for the last few years, but for say 20 years, certainly presented challenges, but we're best friends, we get along great. I'd say the hardest thing about moving from a, an abbreviation of our surname yeah. to a Noel Jones group 
was building up the courage to tell my father that I was taking a surname oh, off the door. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he going to hate me for this? Will he ever speak to me again? But it, ironically, and I sincerely gave it a lot of thought, how am I going to approach this? Mm. I probably practiced more than I even practiced my options on the weekend. But um, but that's actually a very valid point. But the it good, was great. Uh, yeah. Good news be told. I mean, he changed his surname to Smith a couple of years earlier. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, I can understand that that would be a big yeah, challenge. Particularly, no, but, yeah. Yeah, but no, he was... Uh, I, I, surprising to uh, to myself he was actually very supportive of the idea it was uh it's your business you built it yeah, do awesome. as you wish with it yeah uh you paid for it so do what you like yeah that's it's awesome. not my problem anymore no <laughs> but no he was very supportive of it and yeah. i think uh i think as any parent they want to know that he probably he saw it as knowing that there was other support around you rather mm. than having to i guess uh, carry the buck every time it stops Dan, I want to ask you a question, and I know Chanel's dying to ask uh, another question. Just the way you're looking at me, Dale, with the bedroom eyes and stuff, I don't think that's I appropriate. Can't help it. Have you uh, seen him? Look at him. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, Dan, it's not. I mentioned last time we had a great guest on um, the other week, Rob, who's a really good guy, runs a great business, but it's not all beer and Skittles, is a phrase I like to use. And Certainly not. The last sort of nine months, I mean, tell me how mentally you've dealt with that. How have you engaged with your team? have you engaged with your potential customers? Because there's not too many boards going up in March, April, May, June. No, look, it was certainly a challenge none of us had ever faced before, that's for sure, Jace. But I guess that was one of the things that attracted me to the Noel Jones Group. Because we are only a boutique group, we're very nimble. We're not shifting Mm. the Titanic. Mm. Um, So for us to implement new digital strategies, for us to implement new lines of communication, we um, had an upgrade of the website, ironically, and a rebrand right through that period, Mm. which certainly made it challenging, Mm. unplanned, I might add. Um, but those moves were very swift because we are a nimble group, um, running a speedboat rather than the Titanic, ultimately. Yeah. We managed to engage with our staff and, like all of us, become very uh, familiar with Zoom this year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stick your Zoom yeah. up your jumper. I've had a guts full of it, to be honest. Well, Pete, I mean, Pete's pretty good. Oh, no, no, except no, no, yeah, <laughs> Pete, I'm actually enjoying our Zooming. Uh, I'm just missing out on the mimosas. Well, you yes. couldn't get one anyway because Chanel's knee-deep in it, to be honest. <laughs> um, so... Pete, in your experience, you and I spoke about this off air before, about the growth and development during tough times. What what do you reckon the number one or two strategies are during a period where there's not much action going on? I mean, like real estate is all about activity and behavior. Dan spoke about the rebadge or sorry, the rebrand of the the, uh, organization, but also the redevelopment of their website. What are some of the other things that you've seen your clients do during this time? I, th- I think the silver bullet in all of these times has been communication, like on every level, you know, um, and, and communication, I believe, is a word or, or, or something that people downplay and uh, underutilise. And, and in everything that has happened, um, keeping a high touch, high communication with all your stakeholders, I think, is, is something that's been invaluable. And um, Daniel, I'd probably just like to touch on, you know, with the communication your staff like you know what happened when you actually chose going to a franchise group because you spoke about your family your customers and yourself but how did you handle that discussion with your staff that had been with you for so long yeah look very very good question and we're very lucky to have had a number of staff I've have uh, one of my staff members been with me 19 years now and another one 11 so we've had some you know and threes and fives and all of that in between um, so I guess we, we sat them down and explained to them the opportunity and the career progression mm. and the fact that, you know, whether it's something and a lot of agents sort of get, I think, uh, stuck on the sales team, which is absolutely important. But, you know, my, my trust accountant administrator, 
just to be able to pick up the phone and ring one of the other trust accountants from one of the other offices when she's having an issue, rather than ring that support line or put in a, you know, support a ticket request and jump on the phone and say to, you know, Mary Smith, whoever it might be, um, I'm having this issue, how do you tackle that one? That sort of uh, support throughout the Noel Jones Group has really been invaluable for us. And the staff have embraced it, they really have. Prior to becoming Noel Jones, how many team members did you have? Uh, we were sitting at around, oh, I'm trying to remember, 11? 11, and now you're at 17. 16, 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah thereabouts. Are you just doing the calc in your head about the comms? About the comms for, I'm like, what? should I call him on Monday <laughs> yeah. and really no hassle doubt. him? Yeah, no, you know we, what I mean? we, we actually, I can I happily say, even throughout this period, we've hired one. Uh, I'm, Who, which recruiter did you use? Uh, oh, yeah, now she's going to turn. It was actually a referral. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I'm kidding. Can we put I'm the aircon in here? I'm getting nervous. <laughs> no, it's like going to unleash. Actually, oh. a, uh, actually, a referral, to be honest, from somebody that was selling out of their rent roll. Okay. Um, a gentleman in the Outer East Phew, that had a, had a, uh, mm. a great uh, staff member that he saw, he saw value and um, sort of approached us and said, look, unfortunately, they're not going to keep our whole team. So we've hired him. We're currently seeking, and we might need to chat about this afterwards, uh, a couple more. Um, so we found throughout COVID, as much as, yes, turnover and you know income and all of that was all affected, mm. because we kept engagement, training, we've had, um, we've got this week, we've got Nick Maxwell speaking to the team just mm. about leadership uh, throughout COVID. We had an awards night via Zoom. Everybody got sent a bottle of champagne. We had a Dave, what's his name? Some Thornton. comedian. Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. yeah, that was him. Uh, you know, I had a comedian. Uh, jump in just to entertain the staff. Um, and hang and, shit on the chairman. And hang shit on you, that's about right. Um, yeah, so we made sure they kept, we kept them engaged because obviously, I'm sure Chanel, you'd say, you know, tell us more than anybody in the room. I'd Don't suck to have, up to Chanel now that just I'm because you didn't use it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Can I ask Daniel, so we talk a lot on this show about culture and how the culture basically stems from having, you know, unified goals in place, you know, the direct, and people are drawn to a business because of the culture that, you know, is created by directors. So yeah. obviously switching from an independent to a franchise group, your goals are now aligned with obviously what the Noel Jones franchise group have in place as well. So how did that shift go? And how did you sort of cultivate a brand new culture switching from an independent to a franchise? Can I just say one thing? That's a cracking question for Thank you. Thank you. Uh, now you're 10 samosas in or whatever you're <laughs> no, That's outstanding. No, but also, I mean, don't She's discount- She's the on this. No, no, she, all day long. But don't discount the fact that he arsehole her from a recruiting piece. <laughs> she was in the shit. She was legitimately, I saw the way you are. And then you come back with that ripper. This is good from you. They zoomed in on my pupils when I when I asked that question about the recruit, recruiter. No, you you were, seen them. You've mate, seen you were them tense as. So, sorry, Dan. No, you're right, mate. Um, yeah, look, very good question. I guess, uh, Chanel, to be honest with you, that was one of the uh, elements that attracted me to the group because I spent a fair bit of time with some of the other co-directors um, and I realised that our culture's already aligned quite closely. Mm. Um, yes, absolutely, there were some slight tweaks, um, but I would say that the Noel Jones group is akin to a community-based family business. Our value, our core values are very community focused. Yeah. Um, and being, you know, having the directors around a table for lunch, you know, as often as we can, not during COVID, of course, um, <laughs> keeps us all aligned. Yeah. I, and I, I don't mean to discredit any other franchise group mm. because I haven't had the opportunity to work with them, but I can't imagine how you'd have 127 directors sitting around for lunch. Yeah, mm. very true. So there'd be, I, I think, some vast differences in cultures in perhaps some of the other groups. Mm, mm. Whereas I think we're, yeah, we're pretty in, in, in tune, I think. Especially mm. these days, you'd agree, Jace? I would think so, big And I'll probably influence a bit of the culture, like <laughs> push no, my agenda a little I, bit, maybe. So Rex, I, I find it interesting that, um, you know, Dan comes from, well, himself, it was a family business, him and his old man. 
Um, sure, they took the D off the surname and, and ran it as CC Real Estate, but was attracted to a similar type of culture, Chanel. Mm. You know, it's, Dan was speaking about like a, a family culture and all that sort of stuff. And I think that sort of fits into how he was behaving beforehand with his number one lawyer, <laughs> which is that other guy, John, over there. No, no, I'm not joking, bro. <laughs> You're not going to respond to that. <laughs> I don't know what, what to say. That? Was it a question you? or a statement? No, no. I, 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 can I just say one thing about Noel Jones, which I found intriguing and I enjoyed. Now, there's a lot of real estate agents, or most firms do it, or most brands do it, um, where they give something back to a charity. And um, one of the things that Noel Jones did, uh, was it last year? Dan? Beginning of this year, when yeah. we engaged in this year. There's, there's, there's my department. memory for you. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've been on the samosas with uh, Chanel. It's mimosa, not oh, samosa. Oh, that's why. I got... Jesus Christ. He's had way oh, too many. Now we're using the Lord's name in vain. Is that what we're doing? Um, anyway, back on track, big fella. Um, so what is it, mimosa? M- so, M- so, mimosa. Yeah, samosa M- is a food, is it? Uh, or is it just a word I made up? I anyway, <laughs> so anyway, let's Definitely get no drink. No, yeah, let's get back on track. The charity you guys chose. Yeah. Um, the big umbrella. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, well, look, uh, we were we had a long-standing um, arrangement with a national charity, which I won't mention. And look, it's been great, and they do some amazing work. But again, because we have that, um, I guess, real. Uh, in touch community focus for our for our group we felt that the we were just a, again a a donator on the pecking order if you yeah. like we wanted to get down down and dirty with something a bit more local for melbourne um this is our city is what we love mm. so we partnered with the big umbrella and uh, our directors have been out and had fortunate enough to prepare i think it was about 280 odd meals yeah um and they're at fed square um a couple of nights a week i can tell you that through this COVID period i was chatting with justin just in the last week or so from big umbrella they're feeding somewhere in the vicinity of 2,000 people a week. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we donate a, a percentage charity. of every one of yeah. our sales to the big umbrella. Yeah. But we were doing that with a previous franchise. The difference here is our staff, the team building yeah. and the networking, and it gives yeah. you, really makes you appreciate what you've got. Uh, I mean, that's to a, get out there and do it yeah. yourself. Uh, I mean, Can I just add a, something about the big umbrella? And I'm biased because I was mm, sat yeah. on their board of directors yeah. for a while. They take zero dollars for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. purely... Purely volunteer. Rex, Rex I, I went on that night, right? Mm. And we... And I've done it many yeah, times Yeah, And I mean, I'm very much adverse to manual labour, you know, doing any sort of physical sort of work, right? And it was one of the most uplifting experiences I've ever had in my life. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that there was that many people looking for a meal mm. um, down at uh, Fed, Square Fed Square there. Yeah. And we went on, it was like a Wednesday night or Something whatever. Like that, yeah. And we rolled up. Um, so first you had to go and prepare the meals at uh, Docklands and then we they carted down to Fed Square. And the amount of people that came up to get food, there was 200 and something. 270, 280, something like that. I think. Uh, astronomical, right? Yeah. And the thing about people living on the streets or doing it hard is it doesn't discriminate, right? Mm. Yeah. So we, we, met, um, we met families, we met just single guys, we met older people, younger people. We met people that obviously, you know, drug affected and all that sort of stuff. But the big part of it, like we served up the food and then we served it for ourselves and then we sat down and had conversations with these people. And I walked away thinking, what problem do I have? Mm. And how, how good do... Very humbling, wasn't yeah, it? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's great experience. no better gift yeah. than that. No, nah, and the dude said it? it to us, Rex. Yeah. The dude said it to us at the start. He goes, you think you're going to help these people out and they're going to get a lot out of it. He goes, I promise you, you'll get more out of it than the people that we're feeding. Was it Justin? Yeah, Justin. So Justin sacrifices his entire 
life for this. He's yeah. still lives with his, yeah, yeah. It's, yep. he's moved up with his parents, who had a really good paying job. He sacrificed yep. his entire life for this charity. Yeah, the guy's a saint, absolutely. And he really is, and takes zero dollars, uh, as opposed to, I've sat on a few boards of yep. different charities, mm. and they take zero dollars. As opposed that's, to Rex, it takes a minimum 25 grand fee every... No, I'm not joking, Well, that's what attracted us to us, because it was actual, rather than a national charity where you just send them a check mm. based on your turnover for the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and they want a minimum contract commitment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it really became dealing with a corporation. Mm. Uh, and the most we were engaged was when we went to their balls and their gala events. Mm. Um, this is very different, because the, the amount of staff that have relive that experience of, yeah. uh, of actually being out there and want to do it again. Mm. COVID sort of put some restrictions on that, of course. Mm. We've, got a, we've actually got a list for the next six months because mm. we can only send, I think, 10 at a time or thereabouts mm. um, so that we can get all the staff through it because it's, yeah. So a your really whole team is involved in, in whole, assisting every office, charity? Every mm. office, every office, um, every staff member. There is a percentage that we've uh, decided to donate out of every sale that mm. uh, we make through every That's office. Beautiful. Um, so yeah, we and we do some other ch uh, fundraising events for them throughout the year. Mm. Uh, this year, being COVID, a bit less, mm. um, but because we sponsor sort of community events like you know the Marinda Festival and all those sorts of things, mm. we'll run a, a donation box sausage sizzle and you know whatever we can mm. to just generate yeah some funds. It's, I mean, I think last such year we a, had I've taken a, my teams to them a number of times in the past. I think I invited yeah, you to one of them. Yep, that's right. Uh, it's such a good team building. Hundred, and I think this is what we build on when it comes to you know the culture. culture. It was really interesting. So I was, I was reading a CCAD the other day and one of the, it was like benefits of joining this, this business. It wasn't my CCAD, it was a, another CCAD. Sorry, sorry, what's a CCAD? When you post your job on Seek. Yeah. Oh, a Seek a ad. ad. I thought ad you seek. said a CCAD. No, no. <laughs> so I just got to work on the hearing there, Camus. A CCAD. <laughs> so one of this, and, and one of the benefits was birthday cake on your birthday. Mm. And I was laughing. I was Honestly, like, that's Dad. ridiculous. That's your benefit of joining your business is a birthday cake on your birthday. Oh. Anyway, so I'm out that night. I'm chatting to one of my friends and I'm laughing about it. And I actually said, well, my company used to offer a birthday cake on the birthday and everyone enjoyed it because we all sat together. And then they mm. took it away. And yeah. from there, the culture started to disintegrate because we realized we were not really part of anything. No yeah. one really cared. Yeah. So mm. when I hear things like this, when, you know, every person in this business is involved mm. with something bigger yep. although it's bigger than a birthday cake mm. this cultivates culture and that is something yeah. that you can't you know what I mean you, you, Absolutely you, you right. might not have when you're an independent business because yeah. well, you don't it, know it, it starts with a birthday cake to be honest it does I mean, doesn't it we, we our policy for birthdays is you uh, get to choose the lunch for the staff for your day mm. now whether yeah. that's you know a, you know a boardroom lunch it's not uh, we're not taking everybody into crown at Rockpool every week but, yeah of course um, which would be lovely if we could yeah. um, but whether it's would you like you know to have a dessert afternoon and have a dessert platter in the boardroom. Would you like to have a, I don't know, an auntie pasta platter? Whatever it might be. And it's acknowledgement. Just to, just to have that you appreciate them, yeah. Turn the phones onto auto answer and have an hour to yourselves and mm. actually not talk about, we mm. refuse to talk about work during it's, those It's a funny lunches. thing, because mm. Pete and I were just talking about this last weekend, uh, Pete, about the importance of having rituals within your business. And what I'm hearing from Chanel and her girlfriend that they took the birthday cake away from them uh, as opposed to Dan talking about this ritual. Can you t share with us your experience, Pete, on the importance of having rituals within an organisation? I think, um, you know, we spoke about these two episodes where we've got behaviours and, and you know, behaviours start with 
as you say, simple things with connection and, and connecting with your team and, and actually having things that actually, I suppose, make sure that that happens on a regular basis. And, um, you know, interestingly, you know, it's not about the birthday cake, as you just said, it's actually about the connection with your team. And, you know, um, having those small things on a regular basis maintains that. And we, I think also what we said previously about culture is it's something that it just can't happen sporadically. You know, you need to do it on a regular basis. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's not just with your people. It's with your customers. It's with all your stakeholders. With the community. Yeah. It's a, what people really want is people want you to care, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's irrespective of whether you get the cake from, or you know what I used to love is those McDonald's ice cream cakes. Remember <laughs> yeah. how good were they? Like, remember back in the old days? Uh, when you, they still uh, make them. Yeah, they're, <laughs> no, they're the cooter. They're the number one cake. Right. Anyway, just digressing a little bit. But it's all about do we care? Absolutely. And you can do a flipping thing and, you know, do a random card or you can text a I don't client. think you can fake care, though. You no. actually need no. to care. That's yeah. what I mean, bro. And yeah. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I said last episode. The number one reason someone will leave a job, and this is over years and years and years of interviewing people, Mm. is because of the culture. And it's not always to do with money. And when I ask, what is it about the culture? Like, they don't care. They don't care who you are as a person. They don't don't acknowledge the work that you do. Like, salary plays a part, and franchises play a part, and there's so many things that play a part. Mm. But what it really comes down to is, are they appreciated, and does their director care about them Mm. as a person? Everybody wants to feel a part of something. Correct. We all do, in all parts of our life, in all aspects. Daniel, did your culture change? When you joined? Um, look, I, I'd say the, the culture evolved. I wouldn't call it change, personally. It evolved probably because it incorporated a larger number of people. Um, you know, 11, 12 to 100 and whatever it is, 130-something that are uh, floating around the group. Yeah. Um, it, but it was a, a, a positive change in that we, I think my group, in my little you know, world, became a, a smaller sum of a bigger picture and felt like they were part of something greater. Mm. So yeah. that was an evolution of the culture. Yeah. Um, but and these award nights and yep. et cetera, has that helped? Training Absolutely. events and yeah, things well, look, like the that? The training is, like, I, I would say, second to none in that being able to just offer people that career progression, as we touched on earlier, mm. um, and knowing that they have a structure ahead of them rather than myself and a PA trying to run around and put together a bit of a training program for the next six months and mm. you know scrapping it together so that uh, we offer people something. Mm. We sit down and as Jace knows, spend you know, quite a bit of time, energy and money mm. in setting up a plan for the 12 month period so that our staff can sit there and say, this is where I want to be in 12 months. And I'm going to have these tools at my disposal. Financially, to be, to be able you to mentioned money of training. Has yep. financially has it affected you? Because you're spending more money on franchise fees and training fees and stuff like that. Yep. Has it been detrimental or has it been positive? Oh, look, you'd have to ask my accountant, but no. no. Um, and I would have thought that that would be the question from the accountant. No. Mr. Lawyer, I'm taking over. <laughs> I have an accounting degree as well. <laughs> no, look, I mean, obviously, you only get what you put in. And that's with everything in life, whether it's your effort or whether it's your financial investment. So sure, we've invested more. Yeah. Um, but I believe the returns are not necessarily even financial returns. Yeah. But that peace of mind of being able to go on a holiday and know I've got fellow directors looking after my yeah. office, what's that worth? Yeah. Put a price on it. Yeah, it's a good You know, I went and got married where, where I wanted to for as long as I wanted to. Yeah. Um, put a dollar value on Amazing it. Amazing wedding, by the way. Mm. We had some I was fun. fortunate <laughs> enough to be a, a guest, but amazing. Yeah, so, you know, yes, it's you spend, but I, I'm a firm believer that with people, with business, you get what you put in. Dan, can I come back to the point you raised before? And I don't mean to cut across you. No, no, you're right. Yeah, um, but I sort of, I've got that gift, you know, like where there's a void, my voice tends to fill it. (laughs) And I need to work on that as a person. (laughs) Pete knows that, a few 
bedroom conversations we've had, a bit of pillow talk with Pete and I. But anyway, that's another <laughs> subject and we need to stay above the line, Pete. Stop looking at me like that. Above the line, big boy. No, but I want to touch on the point that you raised that everyone wants to be part of something. Absolutely. Now, if you look at our culture here in Melbourne, we're very much uh, restaurants and we're sport lovers, right? And so we follow our football team or our uh, football, soccer team or basketball. We follow it passionately. I want to touch on that a bit more about being part of something and how important is that within your organisation and you as a person? Oh, look, I, I think it's uh, it gives you a new lease on life. Having done this now, well, coming into my 26th odd year, you know, that move from the independent to joining this boutique hybrid franchise, we'll call it, um, I feel that it's actually given me a almost regenerated my enthusiasm uh, for the industry because I'm now part of that basketball footy team, whatever we would like to refer to it as. Um, and you find that you don't want to let down your partners. You don't want to let down your team members. Um, so it reinvigorates you. It gives you the ability to be able to bounce ideas off people that are, I guess, going through similar experiences or have gone through similar experiences to you. Um, so look, anybody that was looking to join a group, I would just say they'd have to find the match for them. Some people just want the brand and that's yeah. fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. what works for them. Some people want to really make a, I guess, create a culture that they're a part of that team. Um, so work, work with what works for you. Dan, before we finish up, um, a thing that Pete's really big on is the whole planning piece. And, and Pete talks often about begin with the end in mind and, yep. and build a plan. Might have heard you say that once or twice before. Once or twice, maybe. I mean, he's still, he's still in the line. Yeah, yeah. Hence why Pete and I have conversations on a Sunday morning. Uh, no, Pete, <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself, young man. No, so Pete, can you talk, and Dan, I want you to share with Pete, I know that you're a big planner and I've seen what you've done with your strategic plan. What does it look like for the next three, five years and beyond? For the group uh, or for- Yeah, our, for yeah. both. I want, to, I want to hear about Doncaster yep. and I want to hear about the group. Well, for Doncaster, Chanel's going to recruit me some amazing talent. <laughs> um, she's good at what she does. She and, just recruited uh, my PA. And, and she's I'm, really scary. <laughs> and then I'll retire. No. Um, no. Uh, we, for Doncaster, we're looking at a bit of a growth strategy. We'd like to satellite an office a little further out, maybe towards the Ivanhoe direction, whatnot. But as a, as a broader group, we've, we've really sat down and with a lot of your help, Jace, I might add, planned what we want to look like in three years, five years, and so on and so forth. Mm. We're not looking to be a 150 office network. It's just not, that That doesn't fit our culture. Mm. Um, our idea is, I guess, to recruit from within and hopefully externally, um, bring on, probably see our, our number peak out at somewhere between that 15 and 20. Mm. We sort of look after that, you know, inner east through northeast um, region predominantly. Mm. Primary, primarily focus on people that live and work in their area. Mm. That's a big thing for us and, because and we're all part of our community now. What's offices. that catchphrase you use about the lounge room and? What's the catchphrase I use? I don't know. Do I have a catchphrase? No, no. I, I, oh, I know what you're talking you about. We had a chat a little while ago about the differences in, I think, the way our offices operate comparison to some others. And mm. that is, and I, I don't mean this any disrespect because every office operates differently, but I think with the Noel Jones group, you have the director sitting in your lounge room. Mm. It's, is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, it was. So sure yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a more common occurrence in a boutique group, yeah. perhaps, than in an organisation that's large. Because just because the director can't spread themselves that thin, yeah, um, it's not better or worse. But, but you don't really want a random real estate agent just sitting in your lounge room unless you're listing a property. Is that well, right? This yeah, is true. Yeah, we don't okay. just go and sit in people's lounge rooms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's Dan again. Yeah. Can we get this fucking guy out of our house? You know yeah. what I mean? If there's mimosa, maybe. Yeah. Or samosa, yeah, whatever or that samosa, is. <laughs> I just make up words, random meals, <laughs> yeah. or drinks. Yeah, or drink, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. Pete, 
Can I just jump in, just going back to that planning piece, Daniel, like you talk about sort of going forward, but like when you actually decided, what was the mechanics of actually like changing? I, you know, I think about where logos sit and like every piece of document and like that, that to me sounds like a nightmare to change. But so how, how far in advance to the sort of shingle changing, did you start this process? Like what did it look like time-wise? Look, I probably opened lines of communication, well, somebody approached ourselves, to be honest, initially, um, for almost 12 months. Rex helped me through that, I'll call it, uh, navigate through those 273,000 emails that we <laughs> tried to figure yeah. out what was going on. Um, but yeah, look, it was probably a good 12 months. Um, and as I, as I sort of said, Pete, it's something that you, you if you're going to do it, you know, I personally wouldn't have made the change just because of the colour on the screen, you know, on the no. door. Um, but was 12 months long enough? Like if you had your time over, you know, is that, you know, if, I, if you're talking to someone else just about thinking about this, would you suggest 12 months? I'd suggest um, first and foremost, they'd have to be ready. Once they're ready, if the group, and I can only refer to the one I know being Noel Jones, have the right onboarding procedures in place, have the right systems in place, have the right support in place, you know, we could certainly turn an office around from an independent to a, a member of our group within 30 to 60 days. So the, yeah. the mechanics of uh, the actual, um, the physical tasks required, mm. very easy. Mm. But mentally, yeah. mentally, you've got to be ready for it. Mm. Good. Thank you. Good work from you, Pete. Virtual Pete, shall we call you? Hey, I think, Dan, that's just about enough that we've had. Good I'm enough. Like, enough I've had a fucking guts full of it. No, no, no. I think that's about enough time that we've got, Big Rex. We do. Um, we've got Pete to go to as well. Oh, fuck. What? How do you forget I, how this? How could I forget? Yeah. Before we finish, thank you from Rex. He's added one bit of value. I've been here four hours. He's given me one thing. Before we forget, sorry, Dan, we've no, got this no, little absolutely. thing going on. I know. Well, you know the thing I've, I've got the going last on episode. with Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're over to Pete's cheat sheet. Let's go, big man. So this week's cheat sheet tip, do you have a people-dependent business or do you have a systems-driven business? Have a think about it, have a look at it. If you were to leave your business for a six-month period, would it run as efficiently as it does when you're there? This is where he comes to his own, Pete. Did you see how he elevated? Did you see that? The show? tips are good. Okay, the tips like, are good. He's been waiting for 44 minutes. I nearly cut him off. No, Pete. You've got a battery goes, Get up. And then he's up and about. Away he went. I thought this he wasn't a Gandhi. No, I thought. But you see, the very peacocky on my way, you know. And before we finish, I've seen you. I've been with you for a long time. No, not, not, not like that. Today, I mean. Is that a little sort of... And we're selling uh, a little auction hammer. It was well, passed uh, to me by my, my old man, to be honest. So, oh, God, I'm thinking oh, yeah, throw my Oh, I made it a bit heartfelt for you there. Yeah, so. thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Dan, we've loved you having you on the thanks show, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, Great to catch up as we're always. We're big fans of yours. Chanel, you can't get better than you are. <laughs> big boy, but well Rex and Pistol Pete with the cheat sheet. Yeah. Gee, you're coming to your own big man. See you next week, guys.